In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Lord is near to those who call upon Him, to those who call upon Him in truth. Psalm 145, verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. The entire psalm is, is, is very beautiful and very fitting for these days that we find ourselves in. When we look at St. Mary, and especially at this visit of Archangel Gabriel to her, we see, as you know, in the tradition of, thank you, we see, as you know, in the tradition of the church, we see the burning bush. And the burning bush is one of those images that we uh, highlight during this period of Kiev. And we sing about it during the midnight praises. And actually in all the midnight praises that we have, every Thursday we sing about this image, the burning bush. It's important for us to understand the context of the burning bush in order for us to understand the context of the visit of Archangel Gabriel in order for us to understand our situation today. So when we think about the story of the burning bush, first we have to go back to the Old Testament, right? Where would we find that story? Very quick test. And I'm sorry about the bees. Do you know why the bees are coming to us? Because they smell the bees wax that we have inside. Um, why? Uh, so we look in the, in the story in Exodus, chapter 3 and the context of the story is very important as well because Moses has been in the desert or he's been away from God away from Egypt for 40 years when he was 40 he killed an Egyptian and he thought that his people the Jews would understand but they did not understand and so what ended up happening was he got scared and he fled into the desert for 40 years. Now it's interesting because the reading that we had today from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 7, when we hear St. Stephen speaking about Moses, he says he did this at the age of 40 because he knew what God was going to do with him for the people of Israel. He said, he supposed that his brethren understood that God was giving them deliverance by his hand. At the, age, at the age of 40, he knew this. And God, it was, it was God's will that he was, Moses was going to deliver the people of Israel. However, it was not the right time. And so what ended up happening was that God, David, David, bring him over here. So, because some cars pass, so bring them over. So what God, it wasn't the right time, so Moses comes and he's in the desert for 40 years. There's two things that weren't the right time. The first thing was Moses was not ready. Moses thought that it was with his might. Moses thought that it was with his power, that he was the one that was going to deliver at the young age of 40. You know, a 40-year-old can think he can do a lot of things or she can do a lot of things. But God did not want that. And it was at the young age of 80 that God wanted Moses to do something. So 
And then the second thing was the people of Israel still were not ready for deliverance. When was the time that they were ready for deliverance? Was when God delivered them. And what did he say? Let's read a little bit from the passage so that we can remember the story. Exodus chapter 3. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro. Moses was a shepherd, which is always what God loves to model his, his leaders as shepherds. Him and David, some of the prophets, and of course our Savior Jesus Christ calls himself the Good Shepherd. So Moses is tending them near the mountain of uh, near the near Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And always when there's two, when the name is repeated twice, it means, um, it, it's emphasis. And it's also uh, love, deep love and emphasis in this call. And Moses, Moses says, here I am. And God said, do not be afraid. Come near, put off your shoes for your feet, uh, from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. And then listen to what the Lord says to Moses. He says, I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. <coughs> I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel has come to me and I have seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Why is this so important? Because this is the same attitude with which Archangel Gabriel is approaching the mother of God, St. Mary. The context is that while the Israelites are enslaved, and they're suffering under the enslavement of the Egyptians. Humanity, when it comes to St. Mary, all of humanity is suffering under the yoke of sin and death. And this sin and this death, if you, it, it's hard for us to imagine it, but it's extremely depressing. If we had that kind of an idea that we're just going to die, and there's no way to get saved from this sin and from this death and that there's no hope. Even David says in the Psalms, in the grave, no one gives thanks. All those who go down into the pit are, are silenced and can say no more. And there's nothing else that can be done. There's this kind of despair, excuse me, this despair and this misery. And so what is happening with, Saint, with, with, with uh, Moses is the same that's happening with Saint Mary. 
the Israelites and humanity. And when Archangel Gabriel is coming down to see and to speak to St. Mary and say, Rejoice, highly favored one, blessed are you among women. And then he says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. It is the same as what the Lord says to Moses. I have seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, have heard their cries, and I have come down. I have come down. Now remember the psalm that I started with. The Lord is near to those who call upon Him, to those who call upon Him in truth. You cannot say that God doesn't hear. You cannot say that God is not answering. We have thousands and thousands and thousands of years of history of humanity dealing with God. If thousands and thousands of years ago David said these words, and for thousands and thousands of years these words have turned out to be a lie, then nobody would believe the Bible, nobody would believe these promises. But that's not, that has not been the experience of our tradition, of our people, of our faith. We know. And here is just one instance. And here is just one instance of God answering, or two. God hears the cries of the people of Israel. God hears the cries of humanity, even if we're not crying it, even if we're not saying it, we are feeling it. It is our existence that is a cry for help to God. And He comes down. And Moses sees the bush and it's not consumed. Now, of course, we look at Israel, or sorry, we look at the bush and we say, this is an example of St. Mary. The divinity, the fire of the divinity of Christ comes down, does not consume her. But before it was an image of St. Mary, the burning bush was an image of Israel. The burning bush was an image of Israel. Why was that an image? Because it was being consumed with all this suffering from the Egyptians, yet God was preserving it. And it was only God who could preserve it. Nobody else could preserve it but God. What can save a tree? What can save a tree from burning? Right? We put things like chemicals and stuff, but for it to be on fire and yet not burn, it means that something supernatural is preserving it. Something supernatural was God. And what was He preserving? Israel, who was on fire. And Israel was suffering. But not only is it an example of Israel, but it's an example of all those who suffer for the sake of Christ. Those who suffer for the sake of Christ are preserved by no one else or by nothing else but, but, but by God alone. And we have this all throughout the Psalms. And that's why anyone who is suffering, anyone who is having difficulties must read the Psalms. It's as simple as if you are, you know, if you are suffering from a headache, you take, you take some medicine, some Advil, and it's going to help you, most people. My head takes the headache away. If you have pain, certain drugs you can give pain. It's, it's a simple one plus one equals two. I'm suffering, I read the Psalms, I get comfort. And if you read one or two Psalms and you don't get comfort, you keep going. And if you go through the 150 Psalms and you still feel not comforted, you do it again. Because it's there. It just takes time. It just takes time. And we know that God gives us this comfort. 
he is always near to those who are suffering. All those who suffer are like the burning bush, who even though the fire of all that's around them is overwhelming them, God preserves them. And in preserving them, God leads them to victory. Do you want to know something else beautiful about this image? It says that the angel of the Lord appeared in the burning bush, not next to the burning bush. The angel of the Lord symbolizes Christ. And when Christ appears in the burning bush, it means He comes to be with you in the suffering, not next to it, not away from it. Oh, you're suffering over there. I'm just going to stay over here. He's with you in that suffering. And this is what happens with the incarnation, that Jesus Christ Himself becomes one who suffers. He becomes human like us. He doesn't come and, and stand on a mountain far away and wave His hand and then we're saved and then He goes back. No, He comes to appear in the suffering. This is the God that we worship. This is the God whom we follow. And again, in this time and in this moment, God reveals His name to us, to Moses. And He re reveals His name to us. The name of God is powerful. The name of God sets to flight the demons. The name of God is what gives us victory. The name of Jesus Christ. And so the fact that we know His name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that He revealed to Moses that name, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be, or the one who is, I am the one who is, all of this is just to say, I'm the one that exists. I am. I'm the, there's no way to describe me. I am the one who exists. And in revealing his name, he, he, builds that, he begins to build that relationship with us. Never, I'll never forget a, a wonderful story that Abuna Lo'a Sidros told me. And I told you this story, but it's just nice to remember. He was on a cruise. How he got to the cruise was a funny story in and of itself, but he was on a cruise during the time of Christmas and it happened that he was on the cruise on the day of the epiphany, or sorry, of the circumcision. And the person who got him to go on the cruise also told the cruise ship that he was there and that he would be conducting the Sunday worship, which happened to be the day of the circumcision. And he starts by a simple homily. And he said that, do you know why? Do you know why the circumcision is an important day or what's the purpose of celebrating the circumcision? And he said, it's because that's the day that he gave, that the child is given a name and that he was named Jesus on that day. And do you know why he has a name? So that you can call on him and that when you call on him, he answers. He said, Abuna Lua said, I gave these Americans, the simple sermon, and they were crying. And for the rest of the trip, they were talking to me about how they were touched by these simple words. These simple words, sometimes they lose effect on us. We lose our sensitivity to, to this, profound, uh, this profound wonder that we can call on God and He answers. Why are we here in a parking lot? Why are we doing what we're doing right now? if it isn't because God listens to us. And I said, it, what happened to Israel 
And what happened to St. Mary's, what happens to us now? Why do we need God? We're suffering. We're suffering. Before, we had to worry about, you know, Muslims, uh, sorry, uh, we had to worry about people killing us. And we had to worry about other persecution. It wasn't just them, it was the, it was the Romans, and it was the Greeks, and it was the ancient Egyptians as well. We didn't, there wasn't a group that lived in Egypt that didn't persecute us. Even the Catholics, um, nothing against the Catholics or any of them. But anyway, the point is, we had this that was our persecution before. Now we're, we're being persecuted in a way from a virus, right? This is, in a way, it's like uh, if the devil had to plan another attack, it could be this. Not that the devil is creating viruses so that we don't come to church because we can do this in our homes. But what it's causing us is depression. And it's causing us this feeling of being alone, of this feeling of being without our, our support, our community, our friends, our church, our, uh, our worship. And what we have to do is we have to know that even in this moment, Christ is Emmanuel. God is with us. And we have to call on Him. And when we call on Him, He is near to us. The Lord is near to those who call upon Him to those who call upon Him in truth. May our God be always Emmanuel to us, and may we in this season experience Emmanuel, that God is with us. May we look to St. Mary and understand the mystery of the Incarnation as our Savior Jesus Christ condescending to be with us, just as He condescended to be with Moses in the fiery, in the fiery bush, just as He condescended so many times to be with Daniel in the lion's den, to be with the three holy youth in the fiery furnace. Even he condescended to come down and he created Adam out of dirt. That image is to give us this image that Adam didn't just pop out of the sky, but God came down and formed him with his hands. God has always come down to us and we have to recognize his presence with us. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the age of all ages. Amen. Jesus.